Hello and welcome to Fumble Podcast number 26. We do the usual stuff, but we also talk about Chaos Renegades. And we have Krista joining us, so enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by tritexgames.co.uk. Hey, before this podcast starts, I forgot to give a shout out at the end of it, uh, but so I'll do it at the start. This is a shout out for Alex Wormel, who runs the Stunty Slam. So there'll be the Stunty Slam on the 14th of September. It's not an AF, but it is all carnage. And the Waterball Weekend, which is the 15th to the 16th of February. Over 100 coaches this year, um, and they're already selling well for 2020. So they're both at Element Games in Stockport. I'm sure you can find more information on facebook or twitter or wherever alex likes to hide um so yeah there you go alex and he's a great guy so get involved and hopefully you'll see me there this year so take care everyone and enjoy the podcast hey everybody and welcome to football podcast episode 26 i have pc with me hey, good evening everyone and oh, krista how are you doing krista oh doing well so just so everyone knows what Fumble is, it's an online fantasy football platform based on Java and Krista is mostly responsible for it, 100% responsible for it. What do you think? Mm, well, well, I'm always the, the person who's in charge, I guess, and fully responsible. I don't do everything, but I'm the person who have to... I don't know. I you guess. head it up. You head it up. Yeah. Yeah. And if I have you're to interested, deal with everything that goes wrong. That's my fault, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're interested, there is a big button in your house that if you press it, fumbles it just stops. closes down. Yes. And usually we blame that on C Dasank, but uh, you know we'll blame that on you. Um, and if you're interested in how it all came to be, we do have a Krista special that we recorded about ten months ago now. Yeah, quite in that way. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, yeah, so we're always going to start with f- f- what we've been up to. So what have you been up to, PC? Uh, I've been trying to and actually have successfully completed my black box run. Yes, uh, well done. Was, uh, I, I mean, both arduous and fun and challenging all at the same time. Um, I had two teams left to get about five games out of each and both got utterly ruthlessly smushed uh, by a couple of uh, very, very uh, dangerous-looking teams in a row each. And sort of, you know, lost half their positional players and, and had to really build from nothing. One of them continued to be, uh, the humans continued on a very downward spiral and it was incredibly hard to get them over the line. The the high elves weirdly did all right with that and uh, it, it meant their figures actually turned slightly brighter. Um, so I finished my run. I'm chuffed to have done it. Uh, I got roughly, I suppose, where I hoped to be to some degree. I got over the 100 points, which I think was my big target. My dwarves got uh, a nice score um, and the race lead. My goblins have the race lead at the moment, quite surprisingly, but I, I'm not sure they're going to keep it. They've got that with F13, as we've mentioned before. Uh, lots of people completing their runs, even some people coming really late and making really great runs. Runs. Um, Bughandrus, or handbag dress, uh, as I know him, uh, just past the 100 mark and, and getting an absolute cracking score together if he can find the time to finish it off. Um, and a lot of 150s appearing there now, so really a lot of people inspired to get up there. Yeah, um, I think I'm on game 87. Wow, are you going to get it done? Yeah, I've been trying to get it done. When's it got to be done? By October, isn't it? 
I mean, it's a push. Yes. But Sixty-three think, days left. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a go. Um, I kind of set myself a challenge. I think at the very beginning of being in the top ten. Um, I don't, I don't have that now. Um, I had a really rough run with my chorfs. Um, not doing so bad with my high elves. Um, you see, I can't remember what, I, what my rankings are. Yeah, I'm, I've had a really rough run with my um, underworld as well. They well, friend of, of the show, Shavite, is still hanging there in fifth yeah, is, uh, yeah. on 111. Uh, and that's proving to be a very good score. He got out early, put a nice big score up, and has defended quite a lot of it. Lost a couple of the racial leads, but still on 111. Uh, Vicious, with his uh, mastery of those really terrible races, uh, has notched in on 117 points, which is a fantastic result. That's really shows. good. Really good quality there. Uh, F13, an awesome coach on 119. Uh, Malmir out in the lead still on 126.5. But in second place, where is Bibi? Uh, Uer Bibi. He's played 147 games, and it's been that way for a few months now. I wonder uh, if he's just waiting to kick in. Yeah, I, I wonder. If there's a, is there a plan? Is there not a plan? Has he just fallen out of love? I mean, he has been around on the site playing a few games, but you know, perhaps he's busy. It's, um, it certainly is an endurance Uwe thing, Le Bibi. Yeah, it certainly it is gets an that way at times. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I mean, when you're trying to. Before. If he wins absolutely everyone, he can tie with Malmir. Yeah. It's, he gets three wins there. It's thrashing through those goblin games I struggle with sometimes. Oof. I mean, they're great fun, but oh, they can be painful. Well, ironically, painful. my goblin's got, um, got an agility goblin, I think, four games before the end. And when he died, he was replaced by another one uh, for the final game. And a plus agility goblin just changes the whole dynamics so hugely. That, mm. um, I mean, perhaps perhaps with a reasonably short run of games for your goblin team now in the trophy um, instead of throwing MVPs on trolls all the time and getting them up to some reasonably useful players I mean I do like a break tackle troll with perhaps guard and even maybe thick skull uh, I've got a lot of use out of that on a troll um, you know, perhaps you need to be rinsing the goblins to get a useful goblin you know next season which I presume there will be a season 3 uh, Krista uh, yeah absolutely I've, I'm not planning to remove the, the troll people seem to appreciate it we'll see if there are any changes though I don't yeah. have anything Ooh. planned right now so but maybe there will be some adjustments yeah my question well, leading three days off to go, from that, perhaps we should start a feedback thread well, yeah, that would be a good idea um, my question leading off from that though PC is because I've been struggling I didn't take flings but now we've got the new positionals maybe yeah. flings are a viable option well, I'm, well I'm flings are never a viable option but you know what I mean no, more viable <laughs> Less unviable, um, mildly less terrible. Well, I mean, statistically, they've always outperformed goblins, haven't they? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, think I, don't, I don't know. Can we get the stats on that somewhere? Maybe next time. Uh, the goblins got a, a mild upgrade. Everyone felt with the doom diver, though the fan favourite's a bit meh. Uh, I think is a is a con- current young person's phrase, isn't it? The meh. Yeah, um, yeah. M E H. Oh yes, exactly. Meh for the the fan favourite. I think the uh, what's he called the um, Ooligan. That's it. But the Doom Diver, everyone seems to like and gets a lot of use out of. I really feel that the addition to the halflings are fantastic. Timber is incredibly useful. It is, yeah. Um, and really makes the trees just eat that little bit notch better than they were, and they were incredibly good to begin with. Um, yeah. You can, uh, even in the NAF style, but fairly quickly in any style, you can hide a leader on one of your two uh, chunky monkeys, your um, your hefties. Your hefties, and, yeah. Uh, that gets you a nice cheap re-roll, and you need those re-rolls to keep the trees moving about, uh, unless you plan to steal lots with a chef, of course. Uh, a hefty on the line between two trees, AV7 with Fend. 
is immeasurably well it is measurably better than av6 without fed i was going to say immeasurably of course it is. <laughs> um, it's better and someone said 20 odd percent better uh, i just thought it was incredibly good the fend you can't overestimate um particularly on kickoffs having something there that can fend keep it there with your trees get that halfling out of trouble if it survives it's just lovely yeah um, it's good and the catchers, you know, that sprint is exactly what halflings excel at, taking a risk that may need a re-roll, but will suddenly surprise someone. The, the catch ability means you can hand off to them reasonably easily. So there's all sorts of good there. I mean, I doubt you're going to be throwing the ball unless things are really wrong. Yeah. No, I don't think you are. They're a hand off run, making the sort of, you know, the two-step a lot more possible for the halflings. Mm. I think it's a really big upgrade, and I think we'll see them all over tabletop now. I think we will, especially with the release of the Games Workshop flings. Shame they couldn't get the trees quite right yet, but I'm sure Games Workshop will sort that out. I and of course we have them all on Fumble, don't we? We do have them all on Fumble. Absolutely. Thank you, Krista. Um, I have been playing some box games, trying to get some box games in. I have cut back on an awful lot of league play, just because at the moment I've just got a lot going on. Moving house, new job, all of that. So, holiday coming up. Um, so I've just kind of stepped away from league play for a little bit, just tying up some leagues. Um, but I've also been busy in the backgrounds working on the Light and the Dark, which is the Fumble TT tournament in March. Oh, yeah. um, so just looking around, deciding whether we're going to have our own personalised pitches, you know, all of that kind of stuff. The the details, let's say, we're sorting out the details of the competition. So it should be exciting. Um, what about you, Christopher? Have you been playing much? Uh, not so much. I played a, a game two weeks ago. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> two weeks ago? Well, that's sooner than three weeks ago, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I so. just start, I felt like I wanted to start a lizard team and had an amazing first game with them. They're good, aren't they? I, I do like lizards. And interesting, while we're on that subject, we've got... We did talk on the last podcast, actually, about um, getting some experts in. Mm. into different to talk about different races so we've got two people lined up so know far what talking about. sorry people who actually know what they're talking yeah, about yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah absolutely um, and we've got Strider who runs the online NAF competitions on Fumble he's coming to talk to us about humans um, and his qualifications are that he unforlorned humans on Fumble um, in one of the majors and after that we'll be doing a particular podcast on lizard men that's where the link is um, and we've got Bazakistein coming on to talk to us about lizards who he himself is probably the best lizard men player I've seen I think I think that's fair yeah uh, certainly for high TV to lizards um, yeah the sort you'll find in um you know the big fumble majors i think that's that's a fair comment or certainly yeah, a, definitely. a name you would have to get past if you were going to say someone else oh absolutely absolutely so shall we talk about fumble news oh let's right fumble news fumble news what have we got coming up have you seen any matches in the glt so far have you played in the glt uh, I'm not personally playing in the GLT because I've got uh, a family holiday coming up for two weeks and I, uh, okay. I just like uh, making it up draw weight while I'm away uh, and it's not one I expect to have any internets available on so um, I thought I'd sit this one out I've mm. been spectating a bit though and uh, there's some cracking matchups there are some cracking matchups I had a good game uh, against Daktok 
um, okay. with some. I threw some goblins in. He threw some goblins in. His uh-huh. were way more TV than mine. Um, but I took lots of new toys, lots of lots of things to play with, um, and we just had a cracking game. It was great fun. Really, kind of forwards and backwards. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I lost one nil. But you know. One of the interesting things about the GLT is it, it, there's a variety of ways to get in. It has four different qualified groups. And even in one of those groups then has sort of several different subdivisions within it. Um, so you can go in with old teams, with high TV teams. Um, you can go in as a black box team and there's one little qualified just for them. as a ranked team and one little qualified just for them. as a stun team, there's one for that. And then, of course, forlorn, which um, I, I'm proud to say is a phrase that I brought to... Um, uh, fumble back when I was running tournaments years and years ago um, and of course anyone that doesn't play on fumble it means a, a race that hasn't won a major yet is team, is termed a forlorn race uh, and there's always a, a great race um, and there's some that still haven't done it and possibly never will uh, like goblins and halflings and um, ogres well that's controversial <laughs> ogres did win one back in the old days back in the day though when you could have like However, many uh, ogres. Yes, I took a controversial decision to re-forlorn them, which caused some controversy at the time when they dropped to six ogres and they haven't won one since. And then there's teams in there that just might but haven't yet. Uh, for a long time, there were several teams in there like lizards and vampires, but they've now won them. Um, there's a, a, perhaps a debate to be had now whether there's just too few teams left in the forlorn group. Uh, mm. Should perhaps there be a line that says if you haven't made a semi-final for five years, um, you are re-forlorn. Oh, yeah, possibly. Uh, bring things like Amazons back into play. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that, Krista? Um, because, I mean, you, your favourite team is Cambry, which is... Uh, still forlorn. Still forlorn. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that it needs to be... Um, I don't think it needs to be made larger because that group has a lot of teams applying. Yes, it has. It really has caught the imagination always, hasn't it? I mean, where else yeah. do you see so many Slam versus Kemri games? <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, though, isn't it? I mean, it keeps it alive, doesn't it? I mean, people do see that as a challenge. You know, this season I'm going to unforlorn. I mean, Slam, that's got to be the next one, hasn't it? Is it? I mean, I think Necro were favourites to be out of that until they got out of it. Nowadays, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 difficult. I mean, all the ones that are left, it's really hard to imagine how they get there. Um, you, but you, if, when you look around, especially with ranked now, and we've got the you know, um, without getting into a massive debate about ranked versus box, and you can pimp teams in ranked and all of that. Let's let's leave that push that to one side for another conversation. Yeah, but in terms of those big slant teams, and you do see them in box as well, but there are yes. some huge slant teams I'm thinking about uh, Ninjas Seedasax uh, mm-hmm. Ninjas they were massive at one yeah, point yeah, Harrod's got big. a big slant team Malmy is really good pop. yeah yeah I mean there are some crackers but I mean the other contenders if you're ruling out goblins halflings ogres and underworld and I think you probably do need to rule all four of those out then the other currently forlorn ones are Chaos Pact Kemri Norse and Slan and of those, I, I could see Kemri doing it, I suppose, but surely they're always going to lose at least one um, Tomb Guardian. Tomb Guardian on the mm. way, and when they do, surely they fall apart. Um, what do you think, Chris? Do you love them? Do you think they can beat Slam to be the next Unforlorn? Um, maybe, but not because they're necessarily better. They're just 
more of them, so one might be lucky, I think. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. It could be anybody's game. Anybody's game. But and we'll see. We'll keep in, you posted on the forlorn races and unforlorn races as we as we move along through the majors. I think and, also an, another aspect is that you have three forlorn race qualifiers. Maybe that's not the greatest way to get these to actually win the whole tournament. Because I mean, you're eliminating a lot of these teams uh, in qualifiers yeah. more than possibly yeah, necessary. I, see what you mean. I mean, isn't there? There's, well, there's three, and then there's a stunty from that group, isn't there? Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah. yes, that's true. But also, you're guaranteeing three forlorn teams will make the finals. So in the final 16, there will be at least three teams from those races. Yeah, but that's a lot of Camry they need to beat, probably. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah been, and there has been some Camry that. on Camry action. Um, and those are the games I love, especially when it's pouring rain. They are, they are comical games to watch. <laughs> they really are. Well, I mean, my my camera teams are usually dead elves, so they handle the ball pretty. Oh, I see. So you've got that kind of cheating factor inbred into them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, okay. I mean, so far in the forlorn finals, uh, we, one team has already reached the finals. That's a slam team. Um, and oh, another one has two, but that's down in the stunty. No, that's another forlorn one, and that's uh, a chaos renegade. So perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps a Chaos Renegade team will come out of oh, nowhere. Yeah, that's a good point. Chaos Renegades may well um, come to the top. Yeah, yeah that's a team, way to the top. That's a team really leaning into uh, into the the massive value of a Renegade human lime. Um, mm. I mean, 50k is so cheap for their access to absolutely everything. Um, so they've no big guys at all. Uh, they have an orc. Well, let me stop you there because let's let's cover those in the race focus. And humans. Yeah, let's co- <laughs> okay. let's cover those in the race focus when we do that in a bit. All right. Because we can have a quick chat about Chaos Pacts or Chaos Renegades. Um, what about any major developments for Fumble? While we've got you, Krista, what have you been working on? Um, lately, over the last couple of weeks, I've been working on a new game. I call it Game Finder 2.0. Okay. But the- in in a way, it's sort of going back to what looking for games used to be back before the current game finder it's a bit see, more i don't remember that it wasn't around you you the, the premise is basically that you see everyone all the coaches who are actually looking for a game and you see all their teams and and just an updated user interface to make it easier to deal with lots and lots of people in the game finder at this which currently is a bit convoluted and weird Okay. Now I have seen when, it because I know you you've put links. See up. all their teams. Is that teams they've listed or all of their teams? Uh, you're still going to be able to filter uh, out teams that you want to look for games. Because I mean, you you have to realize that there are some coaches who have like a hundred teams. Yeah, absolutely. And that becomes really, really strange to look at sometimes. Through those for the three. Yeah. Mm. I've I've okay, had cool. a little look at it because you've put a, l- a link up on discord before for people to have a look people to have a look and i quite like how it's set out it seems quite easy i've had a little play and a click around um and you get a little timer as well don't you so your offer has a little green bar that disappears yeah. gradually uh, i mean th- this is that's not really different from the current game finder except that the the timer is not visible i know but i like uh, to see th- it. there is like a, there is a timeout thing uh timeout system already in place but i figured i'll i can i can visualize it for people which makes it simpler it does it certainly makes it simpler for a you know a layman like myself 
Mm. Yeah, and obviously those who have actually seen this uh, this uh, uh, beta or alpha version, uh, they will notice that the the timers are really quick at the moment. That will change. Okay. Well, it sounds good. It sounds good. And I do. We have a release time. No, I <laughs> don't want to make promises because that, that uh, well, forces well. me to to just. If I say say a specific date, then that forces me to put a lot of time and effort. I know. I'm just I'm just kind it, of teased. It, it's I'm, ready I'm when hoping it's yeah. I'm hoping to have some sort of early version relatively soon. I'm quite far along, uh, and at some point soon, I'm going to need people to actually test it in, on a larger scale. So I'm hoping to be able to to publish something relatively soon, within a couple of weeks. Excellent. That sounds really good. Sounds That's really good. What about the forums? No one will hold you to it, I promise. No, I will. Of course they will. Of course they will. <laughs> I won't, but other people will, mm. obviously. Um, yeah, what about the forums? What have we seen on the forums? Um, I My eye was drawn. I loved, I just loved the title of it. It had to be read, didn't it? I swear my team is embezzling money. <laughs> um, from Phoenix13. Um, and he gave us some lovely links uh, to his team, which he claims has rolled expensive mistakes nine times with four ones, three twos, and have lost 400k. So that is a huge chunk of money that's gone down the toilet. Um, <laughs> and of course, I don't doubt him at his word for a minute. You know, dice be bad sometimes. And at, at, someone is at the end of every spectrum. Someone is at the end of every bell curve. Um, everyone thinks it's them more or less all the time and I swear to you it isn't but there's just always that chance that if you think you're the unluckiest guy on Fumble well someone is (laughs) so there is one guy that's right the rest of us are all wrong but one person is right Um, and it just made me think about some little foibles that you occasionally see particularly if you run teams for a long time or run one team for a long time Um, I have a a chaos team sort of of semi-retired mainly because they just don't get games but um, they ran for a long time on a living rulebook for uh, without claw and really sharp claws, which is the sort of major killy thing you could do back then. And also didn't have DPs called the Paladins of Purple, mainly because Bretonians weren't around. So I sort of played them honorably. Oh, I see. Uh, and they did quite well. They had a, a decent record because actually, you know, I concentrated on trying to win rather than trying to kill. And they did well. Chaos can do that. But I did notice, and so I started statistically tracking it for a bit that death seemed to have a season ticket to the games. I was suffering massive statistical sort of sway towards death uh, when you look at what the profile of casualty dice should be. Um, And after about 100, 150 games, it did start to even out again. But in the early days of that team, death definitely used to come along and sit in the stands. Things just died like flies. Um, So my question is, what other than, you know, rolling expensive mistakes loads of times or being being death's favorite way of spending an afternoon. Is there something else that you've noticed your team just weirdly always does? Uh, loses. Um. <laughs> that's uh, not sure whether that's what you meant, but yeah. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah, so what does it do? Have you got any... Um, I had um, an Underworld team, which I've still got actually, Worldly Pleasures they're called. They've got a lot of games in. And they did right. go through a period of dying... Not, I mean, the casualty rolls were just death. It just went through a period of a lot of death. Not just, like, badly hurts or niggling injuries. Just death. I mean, I'm, I'm talking a good couple of years ago, this was, but it, right. it, it was enough for me to stop playing them for a bit because I thought, hmm, they're, they're cursed. You do get... I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but you do, get, you do play people in leagues and stuff. And I've had it myself. I had it in Will, um, White Isle League well-established league um 
and basically my human team was cursed they could not do anything they couldn't do anything compared to uh, some of the other teams I've had in that league anyway uh, there we go but are you putting a call out PC to anyone well, yeah, I mean, if anyone's got a, f- a fascinating story or even just something really in one key niche way seems statistically unlikely what's going <laughs> has gone on then I think those stories are fun and I'd like to hear more yeah we'd like to hear more of that and we can talk about them or in a say blog what or whatever you want yeah Excellent. Now it's time for... Race Focus. Good. Well, let's move on to the race focus of today. And we briefly mentioned it. Let's have a little chat about Chaos Renegades. Used to be Chaos Pact. Um, Recently had a bit of a changeover with the new rules in the addition of an Orc Renegade. Which actually really does... You know, you've got three big guys, haven't you? I mean, the makeup of the team, if you don't know it, if you have never played Chaos Renegades or you don't know enough about them, the makeup of it is three big guys. You can take a Minotaur, a Troll and an Ogre. You can take a Skaven Renegade, a Dark Elf Renegade, an Orc Renegade, a Goblin Renegade. And the rest of the team is made up with Chaos Marauders, who are 50k and have skill access to everything. So... It's very versatile, isn't it? So why aren't people winning? You everything you want with them. Yeah. yeah. If you want uh, mutations, you can have mutations. If you want passing skills, strength skills, agility skills, you name it, it's available. Um, and they're so cheap, the Renegade, or uh, as you say, Chaos Marauders. So, so Oh, yeah, cheap. sorry. Renegade humans. I apologise. Uh, I suppose some of it is that those Renegades do come with animosity which means if you try and move the ball from them to uh, one of the linemen, yes. it's a two plus to do so, or indeed to anything that isn't them, basically, I think. I'm, I'm sure to each other it's the same, isn't it? It is. I, I think I think that there might also be a lure for people to develop them into killers, which is not very good for winning majors. Yeah, so it's yeah. easy to develop the claw, mighty blow, block, tackle, and in the in back in the day of CLP, well, piling on. Yeah, frenzy now is, is you know, yeah, still yeah. Gives you a lot of killing power. Yeah, so you do see chaos packed with you know they maybe have one dedicated killer, and I guess now we talk about that min maxing type team where you have a team full of marauders because they're cheap and you can build them, and obviously they've got access to leader, so that's a cheap reroll, isn't it? Straight off the block, bat, block guard. Yep, block guard straight away. It's um. You can see why people are tempted because it can be attractive if you like the kill sort of game. Mm. Um, but in terms of Chaos Pack, let's concentrate on the whole team in terms of the big guys. Now, I've seen different variations. I've seen some yeah. people not take the Mino. I've seen some people not take the Troll. I've seen some people take all three. I've seen some people just take one. Um, and I guess it depends on how you fit your game. Now, for me, I like to see people take all three because I think that's what is entertaining about Pact. However... But Minotaurs are so very, very terrible. They are, which is why that's that's the stipulation between my differences. I said they were entertaining. I didn't yeah. say they were good. Yes. So there's the difference there. I think Minos are terrible. Uh, the only good thing about them is with Wild Animal, you don't lose your tackle zones. That's probably yeah. the only upside. It's one of the better negatraits for that, but it, it means if they're not 
blitzing and they're not in contact, they're very difficult to justify what, if anything, you're going to do with them at all. But at least if they fail, there's no difference to not moving them. So you can always just have a go, which sometimes with a troll, if there's no one near it to assist the really stupid, you're better off just leaving it there. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, th- there are some good things. Um, I do love Minotaurs, don't get me wrong. And in tabletop or in very low TV, in really short leagues, you can terrify smaller teams and particularly newer players with a Minotaur. Well, interestingly, we say that. The yeah. UKTC, the Chaos Pack teams that I saw and played had all three big guys. And that isn't nice to play against on tabletop at low TV because that's three strength fives that can do you some serious damage. Yes. But also people are used to somewhat more glass cannon builds, builds that either will get it done or perhaps won't. Mm. Um, And, you know, they're they're building a lot of risk, but as you say, a lot of reward if it works. I I don't think in longer lived that pays off. I mean, I think the trolls are usually good values trolls are pretty good roadblocks ogres ah, yes but i mean I, I don't think it's a huge coincidence as i said that the chaos pack team that's currently made it through admittedly past other forlorn races but into a qualifier final of the great little tournament um has no big guys mm. it still weighs in at uh, at 1950 team value so it's still you know it's still quite chunky and that's when but we've got, got to remember block, you can a lot of guard yeah, you've got to pile on those skills on those road. Um, human thingies whatever they're called I can't get my head around marauders so <laughs> it has to be marauders still I mean what's your view Krista where do you see the big guys impact or chaos mm. renegades I, I think I'm I'm more towards where you're at with the, it's being I, I would take them all three of them just because of the fun factor of it it's not the greatest thing to do um, it, it's terrible have three of them <laughs> just to sum it up <laughs> it's so much so much tv for three yeah, three players, three players yeah. really with, with loner uh, and negatraits it's oh my god but it's fun it looks really really cool and i mean at low it tv which is negatrate management doesn't it yeah at low t- low to medium tv where i usually play my games it's it's there's an intimidation factor to having three big some people simply don't know what they're supposed to be doing they try to take them down which is obviously the wrong thing to do and just lock up a bunch of players into them yeah absolutely try and put three skillless things on them yeah um, just tie them up tie them up wait wait for them to to go stupid or whichever it is they do Um, and I do think the orcs are a big upgrade because it means I mean you never wanted to put the minotaur on a line of scrimmage anyway even with two other strengths fives AV9 is massive. Yeah, you can put the AV9 between your ogre and your troll, and you've got an AV9 triple front line. Um, So I think that's that is a a big, big plus. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think they're a decent team. I I would probably only take the troll. I don't know. I'd probably want the ogre too. I just I just can't see myself justifying a minotaur when I'd probably be wanting to hit with a renegade. Um, I've seen some nice renegade dark elves built into hitters. Uh, using their agility to get exactly where they want, uh, and sometimes even adding even adding two heads on top of that agility four, uh, because the problem with using it as a ball handler is ball handler is the animosity. Um, so sometimes perhaps a, a renegade with extra arms might be a better idea as your ball handler. Let me ask you a question now, because on fumble uh, uh, chaos renegades packed yep. have kind of because of certain builds um, have become a bit notorious. Bit infamous 
yes. in a sense. Do you think people don't play them because of that? So you think they've got the reputation of, you know, it's the dirty uncle that comes around at Christmas time. Do you know what I mean? You don't really want anything to do with him. Yeah, well, you know not mean? a lot of people name their child Adolf, do they? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Look, I mean, there is a problem with them, which that build tries to solve, which is that Chaos Pact, because they're designed to be a team of things thrown together, um, their rerolls are 140k, and that is a huge cost for a reroll. Now, as I said, you can actually get a lot of skills on your um, Renegades or Marauders, whatever you choose to call them, because they have access to just about everything. So you can actually get a lot of skills that cover some of that reroll need. And then that 70k does start to look expensive. So as with all 140k reroll teams, you're starting to look at exactly how many of these can I get away with and can I really afford another one? So the answer of having none at all and leaders somewhere, I, I get where that appeals. And I think that does, it has, you're right, I think it's probably disincentivized a lot of people from playing them on Fumble, which is a shame because I think there's all sorts of experimenting with how you build them that yeah. could have been done. But people seem to dislike trying to build them up. I don't know, maybe they don't get there. Perhaps if you try to, they just get smushed. And I guess uh, this is a good point to mention something that was, was going on on Fumble a while ago, and there are a couple of teams still doing it. It was called uh, The Borg. They uh, ra uh, Rabe. Yeah. I miss Rabe. He hasn't been around for a long time. Wish him well. Um, yeah. But he started this thing with The Borg, and whoever they killed, whichever team killed i don't know a war dancer you could assimilate their skills so you would then be able to take block and dodge but it was a cumulative so the teams would report in into a forum saying oh i've killed this player so now we can all take yeah block or dodge, which was great fun which was great fun. it was anyway but that was back in the day so anything else we want to talk about chaos pact i mean how would you play them what it all depends on when you build doesn't it and the build's so diverse I mean, I would. Uh, <laughs> um, arrested development friend of the show will tell you that I build every team as dwarves anyway. But I do think <laughs> whether it's high elves or dwarves, doesn't matter. I build them and play them as dwarves. Um, I do think there's a really good argument, as I was saying, for block and guard as a real good base across five or six of those renegade human linemen or marauders. Uh, and they're still not going to be expensive, and it's going to give you a really nice, cheap fairly high agility, fairly high strength base to build on, and, you know, some claw on the top of that, some extra arm, perhaps one or two nice big guys, the orc. Um, if you want the Skaven for speed as your bull handler, I can see that. Uh, or your Dark Elf as either a bull handler or a mobile hitter. I mean, I even quite like the Goblin. I like the idea of having the whole farm on the team, but mm. it, I think I certainly wouldn't be that interested in playing them as a zero reroll one trick because if the trick doesn't fail it's a boring game and if the trick wins it's one trick yeah I see what you mean it's uh, yeah. I mean how do you build those individual characters I mean I'd love to see a good solid base of four to six block guards and then you know some mutations and things on top that give you all sorts of interesting options when they're played in NAF style that tends to be how people will go is they will use mutations to give them sort of positional equivalents hmm um, which can be quite fun and can work. They do get access to some fun styles too. Um, I don't know if they're supported under the new rule sets. But they can be a good fun team, can't they, really? They can be. Depends how you play it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll leave Pank there for now.
Has anybody seen anything that was odd this past couple of weeks? I have thought of something. Okay. It's not necessarily an action, more of an observation. So, a couple of things, actually. Um, I played a box game recently. I was High Elves. Um, My opponent was undead. And by turn four, equal TV, turn four, my opponent said, this game is unplayable. Oh. All that had happened was he'd lost a couple of goals and I'd scored and by turn four-ish, I think. Um, but it wasn't necessarily a great game in that sense. And I didn't play particularly well and he didn't take, play particularly bad. What I found odd was the fact that he'd gone, that was unplayable, like by turn four. Um, you know, and mm. people, you know, even Morehouse used to say, look, it's not over, is it, until it's over. Yeah, and he came back. I mean, I scored. I did blitz again and scored in this first half twice, but then he scored again, and I was like, "Like, come on, it's not over. You've got a good chance of blitzing the ball off me again." So it was just very odd. Do you know what I mean? That attitude of, eh, "It's done by turn four. I mean, where are your thoughts on that, Krista? Yeah, I, th- I think there is a larger conversation in general about the mental game uh, behind behind Blood Bowl. I think that. It's easy for someone to just just feel defeated, even though if you're one nil uh, at half, it's not the end of the world. That happens all the time. But if you feel that the other uh, person has a momentum and is just winning everything, the dice are hot or whatever, wherever it may be, you might feel like, okay, I'm going to lose this, and then, and maybe it's to an extent a self-fulfilling prophecy. You yeah. start to take greater risks because you think that the opponent is is just winning, even though they yeah, really aren't. Right. Uh, don't get me you're wrong. Actually, you're, crea- you're creating some of the, the chance for your bad luck to continue. Yeah, and this well, isn't I against my opponent. This isn't my... This is not me having a go against that opponent. This is me kind of saying, isn't it an odd feeling? That is because, you know, I'm I'm certainly guilty of it myself, just kind of giving up because I just think, well, what's the point? And then doing crazy plays I tend to do that more in league where it doesn't really matter if that makes well, sense well I, mean, I, I, I played a game within my last X so I won't give away who it was against um, and in the first half I I got some really nice dice and I got a lot of pushes um, I didn't do a lot of damage as such I got quite a few players off the pitch but almost all the KOs I think there was one badly hurt but they had a 13 man roster um, I whittled them down to only about six or seven players, had the ball, you know, without needing to roll dice, um, both six, seven, and turn eight to score. So it was, you know, it was a, a nice, easy drive for me. But they got very negative about it all. And I was very positive and said, look, that's only half time. You know, you never know how the dice may change. And you know, they said, oh, but you've got this skill and this skill. And I said, yeah, you've got this, this, and this. And perhaps it will affect the thing second half more than it has the first. And sure enough, that's exactly what came to pass. And they had a great second half. I had a terrible one. And it ended up in a draw. And that's fine. That's that's dice. That's blood bowl. But I did think, should I have been more evil? And at, at half time said, yeah, you're right. You're never going <laughs> to. Yeah, that's it. It's over. Yeah. Concede. The gods well. are on my side. Yeah. And tried to push them into a more negative mindset. And the, the question is, would you do that? Would you act differently in a tournament, in a manger? In, uh, I don't know, a semi-final or final? I think I just am who I am. (laughs) PC Times people are. We all know that. He admitted it last week. No, yeah, I do do that. I don't know. I guess it depends how much of a munchkin I'm feeling. (laughs) I think my point is, I think it's, it's an odd feeling to have. And I think any Blood Bowl player 
worthless soul would admit that they have felt like that at some yeah. point. It's yeah. a bit like anyone that says who's had a tattoo it says well it doesn't hurt is lying because it does you've got needles going into your skin it hurts yeah it has to do you know what sure. I mean it's I so know, at some point know. everybody's felt like that and people aren't alone are they Ooh, no, and, and again, I, I, I mean, that's why I try and have a bit of empathy for the opposition. You also don't know what day they've had or what their last yeah. three games were like. You know, it's we all get tough runs, we all get bad dice, we all have. And it's and that's another thing. It's like, you know, being being honest, I've I've been on playing black box games at the minute because I, I, without going into detail, the last few weeks months have been pretty rough actually. So I go into box because I can still have a conversation but I'm not attached to anything yeah do you know what I mean it's yeah it's release in Blood Bowl but without having to put on a face does that make sense sure yeah but anyway that that odd feeling I just thought it was odd when I saw it when I played anyway so that was that was odd this week now moving on to say what say what have we heard okay. anything well, we, we told people we were doing a podcast and someone said, oh, you should talk about this. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. So, Walbum. I always read it as Walburn, but it's not. It's Walbum. I'll take, trust you on that. I Is always it? get pronunciation wrong. Walbum? Would you say Walbum? I'm just trying to say the word bum so many times in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose I always thought of it as Walburn, but you're right. It is Walbum. Walbum. Yeah, or perhaps Wal- Walbum. 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 Anyway, he'll be pleased we've said his name lots in the wrong way. <laughs> Although possibly not at all. <laughs> Very true. So basically, he came up and said, Look, there's this thing on Facebook at the minute going around. Um, yes. What would you take? Would you take Grashnak or Borak? Yeah. yeah. That was the question. And there yep. is. A now, forum on Facebook, on there was on yeah on Facebook there was a poll and I've got that up. Um, it only was out on the twenty fifth of July, so at the time of recording, it's four days old. It has Grashnak Blackhoof with seventy seven votes, and Lord Borak the Despoiler with seventeen. So it, it's very conclusively in favour of Grashnak. Um, and then Walbum put one up on uh, Blood Bowl, didn't he? On Fumble. On Fumble, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got 18 votes on that so far, so not huge amounts, but so far it's going uh, Lord Borat that is spoiler with 10, 55%, and Grashnak Blackhoof with 8, 44%. I've just voted, so it's 11. <laughs> um, oh, well, you're giving away that you're a Borat. Uh, I am, vote. yeah, but I am. Well, we can talk about that in a minute. Well, let's. I mean, we've got, we've got two players, so <coughs> they're both more or less the same amount of money on. They're 300k for Lord Borak. And 310k for Grashnak. So there's really direct comparison. So what bang are you getting for your buck? With Lord Borak, you get movement 5, strength 5, agility 3, armor 9. He is, of course, a loner, but he comes with block and mighty blow. And controversially, of course, he comes with dirty player. Yeah. Now, Grashnak Blackhoof gets you 6 movement, so that's one more. 6 strength, that's one. Or drops an agility to two, drops an armor to eight. Loner, of course, comes with frenzy because he is a minotaur. Comes with horns because he is a minotaur. Comes with mighty blow because he is a minotaur. And comes with thick skull. So even though you drop a point of armor, you do gain thick skull. 
really brilliantly for being a minotaur he doesn't have wild animal so he has no negative trait well the stars um, don't do they tell me why do you think uh, not all of them there's a Skylar Angfigrin. Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, is yeah. the new? Uh, I don't know what it's supposed to be. The icon we've got on Fumble makes it a sort of bull centaur looking thing. Another <gasps> minotaur. Uh, saw, that one does have wild animal. I saw something on. Uh, I saw it was Facebook the other day that blew my mind. Ready for it? Okay. Centaurs have two rib cages. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah. Two hearts, two lungs. Perhaps they're Vulcans. Anyway, I, I, that, I lost sleep over that, thinking about that. So, anyway. Yes, you're right. So, a lot of stars don't have negative traits, but I wouldn't say not all. Um, so why do you favour Borak? Uh, because he's not a minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> it's, honestly, it's that simple. I don't... Frenzy gets you into trouble. Frenzy Frantic. strength sticks with horns? You're hitting at seven, man. But, but Frenzy, positional-wise, and it can go wrong, can't it? No block, no thank you. Oh, really? Well... And what about what about your pointless, dirty player? Are you going to foul with a player that's cost you 300k to rent? Um, turn 16, always. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's a waste of money, is it not? Right, OK. So, Borak, <laughs> what, 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 what are you liking for your 300k? I like the fact that he's strength five, stands on the line, and I think he's quite intimidating. So... Right. So it's a Tomb Guardian, man. Very true. But the, the other thing I thought was, when I've had that opportunity to either take either of them, I've got to support my own choices, and I've always chosen Borak, because I've, I've always fancied him over Grashnak. Um, but, well, you know, that's, I mean, that's me. What would you take? Uh, I think nine times out of ten, I would be... Uh, I, it's not that easy. It really isn't. I think if I'm looking at NAF style low tv i think grashnak hitting with strength seven on a frenzy a guaranteed blitz because no negatrain i think that's fantastic and his move six means he's a huge threat all over the pitch mm. um I, I think the av8 is made up for slightly about, with the thick skull i was just about to say av is the problem isn't it i think at strength six he's really hard to hit at that low tv i think at, 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 in a fumble major i think i'd take borak because I think that they. In a fumble they, major, I'd expect them to be able to take down a strength six and get him off the pitch with his eighty-eight. Yeah. What about so you? I think that I think that the bad part of Grashnark is not the AV eight. The it's the agility. It's easy to get him just stuck somewhere. But I would absolutely say that Grashnark is a better player in Mama. Borak has a better agent. I think that's that's <laughs> difficult. <laughs> it's just more popular. And he's got the thumbs up on the new model, hasn't he? Yes. But to be honest, both choices are wrong because if it was me and I had just over 300, I would be buying Max and two bribes. <laughs> because I'm a Chainsaw fan. What can you say? But in terms of... Oh, yeah. I thought we proved conclusively that <laughs> kill themselves. That is true. Or get killed true. by others more or less instantly. And nowadays you've got some lovely options. I mean, I've, I've got a big point in my heart for Guffle Passmore. It's just such a ridiculous figure. <laughs> uh, and at 210, you've still got 100 change to spend on other fun. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's interesting, though, that you've got Facebook with Grashnak in the lead, and you've got Fumble with Borak in the lead. Stick it on BB2 forum. 
what would you get? Stick it on Talk Fantasy Football, what would you get? Stick it on Reddit, what would you get? Well, I think anywhere where NAF dominated, I think there's a better argument for Grashnak. Mm, In low yeah. TV, um, Resurrection Bill particularly, I think Grashnak is a better piece to have. It Could you build more, a team, though, using that? Because he's expensive. <clears throat> of course you can. It depends, you know, what else you want to do. But, you know, with you... Beastman coming in at 60k, put 11 of them out for 60. Yeah, but you'd have a Beastman team then, wouldn't you, with Grashnak yeah, as throw, your throw blitz. Grashnak on top, and that's only 970. Yeah. Uh, and that leaves you a couple of re-rolls. Yeah. That leaves you a couple of re-rolls. And every blitz, even if you don't blitz with Grashnak, every blitz is strength four. Beastman can get all sorts of nice fun skills. They get strength access, general access, and mutation. Mm. So with a skill pack that's usually fairly generous to chaos, you can get you know, a variety of ball handling, strip balling, extra arming, all sorts of fun options. Two heads. <laughs> you can. Oh, yeah, I don't know. And It'd be interesting. A tackler that will blitz at strength four. Yeah. And then blooming great Minotaur as the centre of your team. Yeah. Still think AV80 is going to go soon. Yeah, I don't think it would do very well, but I'm just saying there is a bill there, surely. (laughs) That's very true. Now, listen, I think we... might be able to afford one warrior, maybe. Maybe. If they let you have a star as your 11th, then you probably definitely can. Yeah, so if you took that warrior, would you use it as a ball carrier? Um, I'd probably use it as the centrepiece of my line, to be honest. Mm, yeah. yeah, fair enough, fair put, enough. Maybe put block on it and give it my, as my reliable first hit each round. I would, I've just seen, I would like to use Gobbler Grimly. Yes, he's he's very, very interesting. I, I might he does all sorts of interesting things. Some of them fun, some of them terrible. <laughs> um, with his agility too, even with very long legs, are you really going to be leaping his tentacles into a cage? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. But then with big hand and monstrous mouth, he is a ball monster. He is. He is a ball. What do... Oh, well, if anybody's out there and wants to have a vote, get on Fumble. You find the forum. Take your pick. Um, but let's see. Next time we'll come back to it and we'll see if Borak wins my team or Grashnak wins your team. <laughs> okay. Well, I will stand for Grashnak. <laughs> I think it's a little more complex than that. But I think but well, I do, yeah, I do yeah, think he's fabulous. We like a bit of competitive fun. So now, the only other thing was that we're talking about um, shout outs this wasn't on the podcast but I just want to do it it's a random time so I will it was on someone's blog uh, Blood Feasts actually and oh, I want yeah. to back because it's, it's a look this is a really tenuous link it's a game I used to play with friends tenuous links tenuous links um, <laughs> how tenuously can you link two things together yeah um, I want to put the word the out for Rutger Hauer Rutger Hauer yeah yeah I mean what a, a great man a great actor um, and for anything he ever was in, really. But, of course, particularly if you're a Blood Bowl fanatic, you should be aware of the film Salute of the Jugger, uh, which is also released as Blood of Heroes, um, which is about as close to a Blood Bowl film as you're likely to get. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, I haven't seen it. Haven't you? No. That's fantastic. Not. I will have a look. mid-budget we'll 80s sci-fi way. Like, uh, is, it, is it better than Rollerball? Oh, well, Rollerball, the first one. The first no, one, that's yeah. That's a wondrous film. It's, it's and very good. James Kahn Rollerball in it? is fantastic. That was James Kahn, wasn't it? Um, Rollerball, the remake, is an abomination. Oh, it's horrible. That's got Dean Cain in it. But Jay, it. Uh, James Kahn was in the first one, I'm sure. Yes. And it's a, I mean, it's a wonderful piece of social commentary, future prediction, and action, sports, adventure, fun. Oh. So, no. Rollerball, I think, is is genius as a film. I think Salute to the Jugger is a really good, fun sci-fi. I will have a look. I will have a look. Post-apocalypse, sports, Blood Bowl-like film. 
stuff with Rutger Howard being fantastic well that leads us on quite nicely to the Blood Bowl Bulletin Blood Bowl Bulletin and what's been happening out there so we've had the release of the Wood Elves they have appeared Right. They are available to buy, and by all accounts, they look very beautiful. But the biggest complaint that I see is point of contact on the base. Have you seen any of that? I can't say I have. Well, one of the catches literally is a piece of grass <sighs> on the foot. So <laughs> it's going to need strengthening. I mean, they're not like your Titanicus models, are they, Krista? You know, with big feet no Uh, but I mean then again Games Workshop has lately been doing very spindly type models not only for Blood Bowl but I mean if you're looking at uh, Age of Sigmar and the Night Haunt miniatures they're very very fragile as well yeah those the Night Haunt ones because I was looking at an AOS army yeah those Night Haunt ones are very spindly they're amazing looking but yes very fragile yeah so also, I mean, the Blood Bowl Skaven are also not so much in terms of uh, contact with the base, but they're, they're very, very thin. T- yes, I've heard people talk about snappy tails. Mm. Hey, I'm going to drop a bit of a bomb. Ooh. Now, I don't know whether you've heard this or not, but I've heard it from three different sources now that the release of Blood Bowl 2020... Right. A long coming up, well, coinciding with BB3, will be a new rule set. Yeah, I have heard that. Re- How does that suit you, Krista? Sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like work. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, that that's exciting. I don't think that they will be doing any like massive changes no. if they do it. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Uh, but... I don't think there will be any humongous changes in terms of the... Maybe it's just a new release with all the updates for that they've done in the Spike so that they have a single rule book. That's just yeah, let's yeah, that, that, that was my original gamble, was that if there's a new box set coming, uh, that it would gather together everything that's been published so Maybe far. Maybe some minor changes. I mean, I think that the current rule set is pretty strong overall, and there's no reason to do a massive change to how it works. I agree, I agree. And, you know, if they're sensible, marketing-wise, if it was me, Games Workshop isn't me, but if it was me, I'd be thinking, right, new box set, two new teams. Because then muggins like me will go, oh, I'll buy that because it's not humans and orcs again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, well, you mean, yes, move it on from humans and orcs. Bring, yeah. Uh, you know, dark elves and goblins. Yes, yeah, so you could have a your new yeah. box set could be dark elves and... Escape. Yeah, well, I mean, Whatever. they do that with their other games. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Sets. That's their so model. That makes sense. Yeah, that's their model, isn't it? So will they do that with Blood Bowl? Is that something we're going to see? You know, because are we going to see... Because we haven't, even by that time, they're not going to release all the teams. Yeah, maybe those are their last two. I don't know. No, <sighs> I don't think anybody knows. Um, but I've just heard it down certain grapevines, um, right. which have... Yeah, Official two different people sources? say the same to me when we mm. talked about not believing it would be new rules, and they said, no, it will be new rules, not just a new packaging. Um, look, I, the rules change. We play the new rules. I just hope they don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think what everyone needs to see is, is very, very simple, which is just release a compendium of everything you've done so far, because it's not in a terrible place right now. 
and remove weeping dagger. It all depends. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that is true. But it all depends, doesn't it, what angle they go for. Do they see the money and the support for the whole product within the tabletop fraternity? Or do they see it within the BB3 fraternity? Well, I, I, I would think that if you look at how games work up handle their electronic IPs, um, they care massively about quality. Just say that again, PC, because we lost you briefly. I think uh, this is yeah. I, I, this going to upset some Games Workshop fanboys. The Games Workshop electronic IP, they just rinse for money. They don't really care about the quality of the product, it would seem very often. I think they have more, more lately started defending some of their key brands, like making sure that 40K isn't associated with anything too terrible. But in, there's lots of brands out there using Games Workshop IP now, and I think they just see that as a, once we've signed a deal, we make some money. And as long as they don't intrude on certain areas of what Games Workshop does, they're happy for the people just to make money. Yeah. As long as they make money. So I don't think Blood Bowl is in service to them, to the electronic side at all. In fact, I think the opposite. Um, from some of the rumors I was hearing was that Cyanide upset Games Workshop by putting fan-created teams in, thus creating fan-created teams in the Blood Bowl universe that Games Workshop don't have control over, but people want to play. Mm. So there'll be, I would imagine, I don't know if there'll be any more of that, um, but if there is, then certainly Games Workshop won't take them on and support them. Um, and it's why we probably won't see a team named Bretonian for a long time, if ever. Um, there are you know, they, they did mess around with human nobles, which was a very similar concept. But you know, interestingly, they didn't name them Bretonian. Mm. Um, and similarly, Slan, as we've talked about before, are lost in limbo and will probably never have Games Workshop support. So I can see them bringing other new races in, you know, things like Savage Orcs or one of the tribes of the Skaven, because Skaven are very, very popular with tabletop types. Uh, and they have various sub-clans that could bring, you know, Mecha Vermin onto the pitch and things like that. Well, this is it. Um, do is, is the direction they're going in, are they going to tie it up with AOS? Oh. So are they going to have the races from AOS is it do you know what I mean is it because Blood Bowl lore at the minute is its own world isn't it Blood Bowl though wouldn't it Blood Bowl has its own world absolutely well they do kill worlds exactly they do and that's not to say that they they're not you know they're not going to do that again now this is me speculating don't get me wrong this is I have heard I have not heard this this is me chewing the cud um could it be possible that that happens and they get the different clan rats and whatever else and I mean, I've said before that I think the majority of people that are interested in the concept of Blood Bowl in one way or the other, that probably the biggest number of them just paint things. I've got no proof of that. It's a feeling. I know they shift an enormous amount of plastic boxes. Perhaps those people are all going off and playing with them. But I think a lot are just painting. So I don't don't know where Games Workshop's true profit lies, because I don't run their company, but really annoying their key fan base. You know, if they alienated the NAF fan base, for example by throwing every rule that NAF knew out and restarting in some... And that's my concern. I think that would... What would happen? Do you think there'd be a break-off? Do you think there'd be a break-off and NAF would just still continue with how it is? Wow. Because you've got a whole tabletop world under NAF, haven't you? you? Where... I I think that's really difficult to do, though. That works short-term. I'm confident that it would work for a year or two or three but yes. then, if Blood Bowl continues to be popular in terms of the d- tabletop, 
that's the game yeah. new players will know. And that's League, the, exactly. The, Leagues will migrate to the new rules. If yeah. they don't do it instantly, they will over time. And the new rules, whatever they are, will come to be what Blood Bowl is. So I, I don't think the NAF has has the ability to stay uh, uh, with the current rule set. I don't think that's viable. But I mean, certain leagues will say, you know, we're never going to move. Oh, for sure. And some of those perhaps will live on 10, 20 years. But new people won't want to join them. Um, they won't recruit a lot of new people in. So they will have limited life and most will move yeah. over eventually or die. I think that the tabletop tournament scene has to move. If there's a new rule set, they have to move to the new rule set. There is no, I mean, there is no option, I think, to, to I switch. Think. And I think that it's absolutely possible that they would be switching to AOS and naming and theme with mm. Blood Bowl. I mean, the, one of one of the uh, things I heard about the, the switch from from uh, Warhammer Fantasy to Age of Sigmar was that they they had an opportunity to rename the different races. So they don't, they're not called, I don't know, orcs. They're called something else yeah. just because of trademark issues. Yeah, something they can rinse for money every time that word is mentioned anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's a bit cynical to... to I don't think that's the only reason, but I, I think it's it's one of the driving issues. It it certainly makes sense uh, when you hear someone mention that, that they, they want to maintain their own... They want to build something that's their, their own that other people can't just come in and say, okay, well, here's It becomes games team. workshops rather than fantasy, yeah. doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've chewed the cut over that enough. And as... as I'll say it again, we are assuming, aren't we? And we know that yeah, to I'm assume done. makes an ass of you and me. So we know that. We are just speculating. So what anybody listening from Games Workshop, please don't feel like we're bashing. We're not. No, no. <laughs> and we'd, we'd, love, we'd love to have an official statement on what's coming out of the new rule set or a chat with anyone there that will just tell us whatever they want to. But for now, all I think is certain is that a new box is being released in 2020 and there are very strong rumours, it would seem, that they will contain a new rule set, whatever that becomes to mean. Hmm. And on that note, we shall end. In terms of competitions and giveaways, uh, there will be one next time. Um, and we'll keep you posted on any updates. And if you've got anything to say to us, drop onto our Fumble podcast channel in the main Fumble chat on Discord or drop us a PM on Fumble or find us on Facebook or Twitter or Patreon or wherever. Um, and we'll get back to you. So that's PC and myself. Uh, thank you, Christopher, for joining us. We really appreciate it. No trouble. It's been fun. Good, good, good. Yeah, and. Coming. PC, as always, my friend, thank you very much. Been a pleasure. And we'll see you lot next time. Take care. You can say bye if you want to. Bye bye. Bye if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening. If you want to get any more information on Fumble, it's www.fumbbl.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, the usual stuff. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. This podcast is sponsored by tritexgames.co.uk.